Amen, amen. Uh, we are family. I got all my... Oh, come on, come on. I heard a sister say sisters. That's I got my sisters with me. I heard the brothers say brothers. Amen. I got my brothers and my sisters with me. We are family. Come on, everybody. <laughs> now, for the younger crowd, y'all might not know that song. That's all right. That's all right. But the song was a popular tune. And, and during the time when it was a hit, it was also a hit for the, a team, the 1979 Pirates. And they called them the We Are Family Pirates. And they were winning games. They said, we are family. And there was a tough team to play with. And, and, and oftentimes this song would also be the theme for many family reunions around this kind of weekend. You know, the 4th of July weekend, everybody get together. And we are family. But think about what it means to be family, too. Say, I have my brothers and my sisters with me to think you have their backup. Think about back in the schoolyard days, the school playground. I know the playground is almost kind of a time of a past. The kids don't really know the playground, how it used to be the playground. But you remember in the playground when somebody was messing with you and you said, I'll meet you at the playground? You remember how that worked out? And, and when they said, I'll meet you at the playground, that's when you were planning out how you going to get your brother and sister to be with you at the playground? Because you know that I'm not going to go down alone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight with my brothers and my sisters. They're going to have my back. And I remember back in the day that we used to have fights in, in the classroom before we got to the playground. Talking about who got more. <laughs> I, I remember one time a child drew a picture of a school bus. Said that's how many coming with me <laughs> to the playground. Now we understood that if I got my family, if I got support, if I got backup, you better watch out. Because if we show up, you go, it's, going, it's going to be an L for you. It's going to be a loss. And so we understood what it meant to have family support. How much we send out invitations to family to come to our celebrations, to our, our, our baby showers, our, our weddings, our birthdays, our graduations. It's something special when the family can show up and to be there. We are family. And think about what makes us family. There's many things that make us family. Sometimes people have made family to be just only who they are related to. And so you have your nuclear family, right? So you have mother, father, and children. And then you have some people that understand that family not just who live in my house, so family is whoever my mom and dad say is family. So I, I grew up, and my mom and dad told me this is my uncle. I said, all right, hello, uncle. And so this person was always my uncle. People say, you related? No, I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and I didn't know how I was related, but I didn't know my mom and my dad said this is their, my uncle. They say, that's your daddy's brother? Nope. Your mom's brother? Nope. That's my uncle, though. And that's what you call what the extended family, that we were not family by blood, but we were family because of relationship, that there is an agreement here that you will take me in. If my, if my mom and dad could not take care of me, that means my uncle will take me in, that he has taken that, uh, that title because my mom and my dad trust them, that if something happened to me, then you can go stay with your uncle or your aunt. Anybody, nobody family like that? That you got some uncles, you got some aunts that that's not blood related, but they are related because they will look out for you like they were blood. Hello, somebody. And so you understand that a family's not is not broken down necessarily by a blood relation, but a relationship. Can somebody say a relationship? And so the relationship means that I will look out for you. I will defend you. I will protect you. I will be there for you when nobody else will because we are family. But the flip side of having family like that, sometimes we abuse family. 
Uh, we take advantage of family because, because since we are family and you're not going to go anywhere, I can treat you how I want to treat you. When I get mad at you, I don't have to talk to you. I'll talk to everybody else in the house but you because I want you to know that I don't like you today. So I'm not going to say hi to you. I'm not going to say good morning to you. I'm not going to say good night to you, but I'm going to speak to everybody else in the room. And you're going to say my name. That's why I'm going to walk out the door because we are family. I, I'm going to let you know that I don't got to like it because we're family. I, I just got to acknowledge that you're here. Okay. And so sometimes with family, we abuse one another with family because we think we have a right. We think we have possession that we can do what we want because we feel we're entitled to do so. But yet that's not the proper way family should be. Family should not be based upon what I can get, what I'm entitled to. But family should be what can I do for you? How can I take care of you? How can I look out for you? Christ is looking to teach us what it means to be family. Christ has also shown us how family is looks for family takes care of who is on the inside first, then they go to the outside. Y'all hear me? Then when you're on the inside, you get what's on the table. Everybody on the outside, they're going to wait until we got what's left over because I got to make sure baby eats first. And then I'll let you get some crumbs, but baby don't get any crumbs. You're not going to get any crumbs. We take care of what's on the inside first, then we look on the outside. I want you to grab that because when we look into our text of Mark, the third chapter, you notice that there's people on the inside. There's people on the outside. There's people on the inside. There's people on the outside. And then there's a start trash because there's family on the outside trying to get on the inside. And Jesus says he already has family on the inside while family's on the outside. I lost somebody. Well, let's just pick it up in the text. We're going to see it right here. God's recorded in Mark, third chapter. I want to highlight to us when we just look right here, uh, this, this few verses at the beginning, and then we're going to deal all the way to the 35th verse. It says, one time Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away He's out of his mind, they said. But the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said he's possessed by Satan, the prince of demons. That's where he gets the power to cast out demons. Praise God for his word. You notice here that it says that he arrived into a house. And some suggest because it says that he came back home. And so maybe where he was staying with was in Peter's house. And, and you might be familiar that when he was in Peter's house, Peter's mom had a headache and Christ healed her. And crowds came all around there into the house there. And so this might have been a place of refuge for Jesus and the disciples. So he's here at this house and his family. Some, it might have been some cousins, might have been some relatives around the way saying that they heard Jesus is back in town. And we heard he's out of his mind. We need to go and get him. Notice the family's on the outside. And he's on the inside, and they're trying to get inside to get to him, saying he's out of his mind. But also, not only do we have his family talking about him, but you have the scribes that came all the way from Jerusalem just to say that he's possessed by Satan. What I want to highlight to us when we talk about we are family, I want you to understand that Jesus is establishing for us a family structure for the body of Christ, the church. And when we think about the church, I don't want us to think about a, a building that makes up the church, but I want you to know that the church is us. I said us. 
It's a plurality that you can't be the church by yourself. You need somebody else. Tell your, tell your neighbor, you need somebody else to be in the church. Because you can't just be the church all by yourself. You got to be with somebody else. And I want to highlight that because sometimes we make ourselves feel so holy and so spiritual that we forget about coming together that we stay at home. I I want you to understand that stay at home church is not church. That's just you staying at home, watching TV. That's, That's what it is. But the church is the called out body of believers that come together to worship God together. Tell your neighbor, that's the church. And so when we understand what the church looks like, here's what Christ trying to point to us, what the church looks like. First, and find out this, that Jesus pointing us out that the church, the church looks like family. And what does, what does the family do? The family looks out for one another. Look how Jesus looks out for the family, that he is defeating the enemy. He is defeating the enemy so much that the enemy has caused confusion that some are saying that he's out of his mind And some say that he's possessed by the enemy. But look here, that the family will look out for one another, even when other people say, you crazy. I lost somebody. Somebody hasn't been there, but I've been there before that. When you're looking out for somebody, they're going to talk about your siblings. They'll talk about your parents. They'll talk about you, but you're going to look at them like they're crazy because you know where my first priority is to look out for my family. You may not like how so-and-so eats or how they dress, but that's all right. That's my brother. That's my sister. That's my mother. That's, that's my father. And we're going to love them. We may talk about them when we get home, but we're going to love them in public. Because we are family. And, 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 and so here it is. that I, I remember when I was a child and the day my dad didn't got to go to work and he picked me up from school was the worst day. I don't know about you, but my dad, he was the only man I knew that would wear shorts and dress socks. I'm like, Dad, that's not cool. Don't, don't pick me up like that, Dad. Don't, don't do me like that. Oh, it was a sad day when Dad come to get you from school, boy. Dad thought he was cool, too, boy. He's a... But that's my dad, though. Ain't nobody going to talk about my dad. What are they going to talk about? Not in front of me. But I let my dad know I get to go, Dad, why you do that again, man? Why you... But we are family. We understand that we love one another regardless of how anybody else looks at it. We understand that's my family. You're not going to talk bad about my family. Here's Christ saying that the enemy is not going to attack my family. I will cast out demons. I will make the lame to walk. I'll make the blind to see. I'm going to protect those who call on my name. You understand when you call on the name of Jesus and you want him to be your Lord and your Savior, he allows you to be adopted into his family. And now that you've been adopted into his family, he's looking out for you. And so watch this, watch this. So when he shows up, you better not be embarrassed. You better go say, that's my dad. That's what I did. My dad said, that's my dad. I got to go. (laughs) Ha, ha. We understand that when Jesus shows up, anybody here want to be left behind? I don't think so. You want to say, there he is. Let's go. So we must be ready. We must be doing the things that cause us to bring glory to him and honor to his holy name. They thought Jesus was out out of his mind, but Jesus was doing the will of his father. He was doing what God has called him to do. And we should never be ashamed of him because if we are ashamed of Christ, he will be ashamed of us. And it's a sad day when Christ becomes ashamed of you. That means you're not going to get in. Watch out. But when you call on him, you walk with him, you talk with him, and know him as your own, you're going to get in. 
And so here Jesus is trying to teach them, saying, y'all, y'all not understanding that I'm about my father's business. I, I look out for my family. Y'all, you're going to say that uh, my, my family saying that I'm crazy. And y'all going to say I'm possessed by a demon. Let me help you out that here it is. Here's another rule he gives about the family. A family divided will never stand. Jesus asked him this question, how can Satan cast out Satan? A kingdom divided will not stand. A house divided will fall. Do you, you cast those principles that when a family comes together, they must stick together? Or oh, watch out. Uh, they, they ought to pray together. They ought to be on a united front. Uh, you, you need to understand that uh, in a family, it, it's sort of like warfare sometimes in a family. And, and some of y'all haven't caught on. Let me help you out. That it, it, should, it should always be this. Mommy and daddy versus the kids. Kids can't win. Mommy and daddy got to stay together. Let me give some daddy some help. Uh, daddies, if y'all want to make sure y'all stick together, whenever the child comes to you and asks you, can they go outside? Can they play with a friend? Can they go out? Can they watch a movie? You need to ask them this question first. What your mama say? And if they answer and it sounds suspicious, you say, I got to check with your mom. <laughs> you need to verify that you're all on the same page. That way you come back and mama said, no, I'm sorry, child, you can't go. You united. Now they're going to throw a fit and beat you up. That's all right, though. You good with mom. Y'all united. Y'all not going to be defeated. They can't, they can't divide and conquer. They, and you understand that when the house is divided, it falls apart. They choose sides. And when you get teamed up against and the family's been divided, you on a losing battle. But yet when we stand together, we unite, we communicate, relate. As soon as we work together, Christ is pointing this out. Say, so how can the enemy stand if he's casting out one another? No, 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 no. I cast him out. And he points out, I said, y'all not understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth. Let me give you another parable. And you still won't even get that. It says, how is it can you rob the strong man unless you first bind up the strong man? And in order for you to bind up the strong man means what? You are more powerful than the strong man. Somebody should have shouted right there. Let me help you out with what Christ was saying. Christ was saying that. Whatever your troubles may be, whatever the problems may be affecting you, whatever afflictions may be upon you, I want you to know that I am bigger, I am greater, I am stronger than anything that you're ever facing. So don't worry about being defeated, but know that I got the victory and I'm able to defeat the strong man because you see what? I'm casting him out. I am defeating him right now. Death has no victory. Sin has no sting because I've overcome death. I've overcome the world. I want you to grab here that you should shout right now. Because you got strong power on your side protecting you because you are family. So you see how Christ is pointing out that I look out for my family. I I protect my family. I make sure that the enemy can't get you. Mm. And, And notice here that it says that he not only ties up the strong man, but he plunders him. You know, as a, as a child, you learned that song, I went to the enemy's camp and uh, took back what he stole from me. Now, that's a good song to sing. It makes the child feel good. Be understand how, how the enemy's under my feet. He's under my feet. Ain't no devil here going to walk over me, right? But theologically, it's not sound because you can't go to the enemy's camp. You can't go to the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from you. You need to go with Jesus. <laughs> And when Jesus shows up, 
the enemy runs away. Then you can pick up what is yours. And you can walk back because Christ will let you know that if I'm with you, I'm greater than the whole world against you. That when you stand against the enemy, he has to flee. But only if you stand in the power and the might of God. When we understand how weak and how little we are and how much we need our daddy, and we call on him, how awesome it is when we see how things work out. Anybody been there before that you've been weak, you've been tired, you just needed somebody to help you out, to bring you through? And, and you see how when God is our father, that he's the one, that he's going to be our shelter, he's going to be our provider, he's going to be our protection, he's our all in all. And so with him, we see that we can, we can plunder and destroy. What does that mean? That means just that the enemy has, has, has got into your house some way, somehow. Cause some confusion, cause some division. I want you to know you can kick him out. Tell you, you can kick him out. I, 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 some of y'all didn't say you can kick him out. Uh, some of y'all, I don't know about you, but I don't like unwanted guests in my house. Y'all quiet on me. That's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm a priest of the lights. I don't like unwelcome guests in my house. I will kick them out no matter what I got to do. If I got to go and get me a firearm license, watch out somebody. I'm going to do what I got to do to get the enemy out of my house. And so if I don't want unwanted guests, hell, do I want the enemy in my house? Because what does he come to kill, steal, and destroy? You can, you can take my car. You can take my TV. Don't mess with my children. Don't mess with my wife. Anybody here can testify that you can mess with my material possession, but the enemy not going to mess with my family because I'm praying over it. I'm, I'm seeking for it. I'm saying, Lord, how can I be there for it? And you understand when we are family, we want to look out one for another. We understand what has value, what does not have value. And so the enemy is not going to cause deception. He's not going to cause lies. He's not going to cause envy and anger and malice and make me to mistreat the people that I love. We're going to cast that out. So I'm going to remove anger. I'm going to remove jealousy. I'm going to remove a lying tongue. I'm going to remove a deceitful heart. And just, Lord, how can we be honest and, and pray one for another and seek one for another help somebody out? This is how you can remove the enemy out of your place, that you need to pray for your, your family. Pray for them and pray with them. Let them hear how you pray about them. How you pray for them to be a, a godly man, a godly woman. How you want to be a, a better house, a husband, a better father, a better mother, a better son, a better daughter. You need to pray these things. Say, this is my attitude. This is my heart. This is my design. The beautiful thing is that when you're praying to God, it's amazing how you can't lie to God. You try to lie to everybody. Oh, I'm trying to love you best. But you get to God. I'm guilty. I ain't been loving. <laughs> Because God already knows your heart, so you understand, Lord, how can I be more caring? Because you get humble and understand, Lord, I wasn't right today. I, I, I wasn't as patient as I should have been with my children. I haven't been patient as good as I was on my job. Lord, help me to be better. And you're moving, you're pushing the enemy out. We need to trust in the power of Christ. Now, here's for Christ even to hit some hard because not only does he teach them that I am bigger and more powerful than Satan, I'm not possessed by Satan, but he's trying to help them out that you're not recognizing what's before you. That's when he says that I will forgive any sin, any blasphemes, any sins against me, but any, but if you blaspheme what? Against the Holy Spirit, you will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. Look at the commentary here. 
He says, he told them this because they were saying he's possessed by an evil spirit. What I want you to grab here is that some of us have, have doubts and have issues with this context, with this text right here, because we're wondering, have I committed the unpardonable sin? Here it is that Christ is pointing out to them, the unpardonable sin is that when you take what I have done and said is done by the devil. He's pointing out to them that you're seeing the God incarnate before you who's walking on water, raising the dead to life, making the lame to walk, the blind to see. You're seeing goodness being done. You're going to give credit to the enemy? When have you seen the enemy give life? Y'all quiet on me. Let me help you out. Jesus made it clear. The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus says, I am the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world, the light that gives life. I am the life giver. In the beginning was God, and he made life. You understand? He's the only one that gives life. And so how dare you give credit to somebody else? And here's a challenge for us. That we may not be in the same situation as they are in this context because they're seeing him. But there's been times in our lives that we have to work with people to help them to see God for who he is. That because he's no longer walking with us right now, but one of these days he's coming back, I can tell you, he's coming back again. And we're going to see him as he was. But until that time, we got to point to them to let them know that, you know, that sun that, that we look upon on the weather channel to wonder how much sunshine we're going to have. Is it going to be rainy? Is it going to be cloudy? When does the sun rise? When does the sun set? When you depend so much on that, do you understand that God's in control of all that? Not that meteorologist, not the weather channel, not the weatherman, but you can look to God and he can let you know how things are going to work out. Do you understand that even if you pray to God, he might even augment the weather for you? Come here, Elijah. <laughs> do you understand that when you talk to God, he can move things? And even that, do you understand how we know science tells us the sun is, is centered and the earth rotates around the sun? But somehow Joshua had a mind to say, God, can you make the sun stay still? Go, go read that for yourself. I can't help you out with that. I don't even know what happened there. All I know is that he prayed it and something happened. Or even how he can make the sun dial move back. <laughs> Come here, Hezekiah. <laughs> on his deathbed, we're on the dial. Say, what sign do you want? God will. I've seen this stuff, but can you make the sun move back? God can do amazing things. And so we know that he is an awesome creator of all things. You understand that he has the power to move and things. And so we must surrender to his power and believe in his power, not give credit to his power to somebody else or something else or realize that it must be. God, Christ is pointing this out to them, saying that when you blaspheme against me, means this, that you are giving credit what I have done to something that is wicked and something that is evil. And if you know who God is and you know that God is good, I lost somebody. Let me rewind that. If you know anything about God, God is good. And what I want you to understand is when it says that God is good, it means he is perfect. He is holy. He is righteous. There's no evil. There's no wicked in him. When it says that he is light, there's no darkness in him. He is 100% pure. And so, therefore, if he's that, then how can evil be a part of him? Evil cannot. And so, therefore, when we see what is good that has happened, that is of God. When evil happens, that's not of God. 
And so here it is that some, somebody might help somebody out that when calamity comes and issues come, and we know we've, we've seen so many tragic mass murders and um, bombings, all circumstances are happening. It seems like it's like every other day on the news you're seeing someplace new being bombed, being blown up, and mass killers. But that's not of God. That's evil. That's wicked. That's the enemy doing what he can, kill, steal, and destroy. And it's the time for us to point to God and say, God's the giver of life. And that you don't understand is that when you know him, hallelujah, when you know him, you don't know death, but you know everlasting life. You see that there while Christ says that this will not be forgiven for eternity because there's something greater than this life. And so when we know him, we know eternity. Tell your neighbor, do you know, ask your neighbor, do you know eternity? Because if you want to know eternity, you got to know Christ first. And then you'll be introduced to eternity. We don't know it yet. We got a glimpse of it. But one day we're going to see it. And we're going to know it for ourselves. But Christ is pointing out to them that you must know me for who I am. Don't, don't get me confused with evil, for I am good. Now it seems that the word got to Jesus' mother. This earlier said his family. I saw that in the text. Earlier said his family. So it could have been some cousins, some relatives, you know, some, might have been some play uncles too. Who knows, you know. But they heard he was in the place. He must be crazy. You must get him out of here. They're on the outside. Now his family has able to get in the inside. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. They were, uh, there was a crowd sitting around Jesus. Someone said, your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. And who are his mother and brothers? Anyone who does the will of God. Oh, glory be to God. It says anyone. How can we be in the family of this great leader that protects us, that provides for us, that does good things for us by doing the will of the Father? Do you understand that Christ is pointing out to them that if you do God's will, you are in my family. Families should look to do the will of their father. God, our heavenly father, has made it clear what he desires for us. And he wants us to not be going after the, the lust of the flesh but we need to do the will that abides forever. You find that in 1 John 2, 17. Or, or in Deuteronomy 10 and 12, it says, And now, Israel, what doth Jehovah thy God require of thee but to fear Jehovah thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him. Can somebody say love him? And to serve Jehovah thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul. Or if you need some more help, Micah 6, 8 tells us this. He that showeth thee, O man, what is good, and what, and what doth Jehovah require of thee, but to do justly, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with thy God. God has made it clear what he desires and what is his will, that you must serve him, and to serve him, you must love him. And when you love him, you love one another. And so... If we are the church, 
We are the gathering here this morning at Zion's Baptist Church address, but we are gathering here. We, the, ch- the building's not the church, but we make up the church. Because you understand that if this building was not here, we could still be Zion Baptist Church down at Park Avenue. Down on Water Street. Down on one memorial. Hello, somebody. We, we are the church, not this building. Glory be to God. Because the church is the body of Christ. And Christ is letting us know that we are part of the family. We must do the will of God. And the will of God is that I will look out for you. I will love you. I'll be patient with you. And look what he also kind of implicitly put there. That also in the family of God, well, I will forgive you. Didn't he say earlier what? I forgive all. When we forgive, it means that we can tolerate. We can put up with other people's messes and other people's issues. We, we can put up that you don't cook the steak the way I like it every time you make steak, but I eat anyway and smile. Sure enough, it's good. We put up with that. You like to go to your favorite restaurant every Sunday, and I don't like the food there, but I go with you anyway. So enough, look good. We peeled up that you like to watch all those channels on HG, Lifetime, all those other channels, and I'll sit down and watch it with you. So that was funny, wasn't it? We put up with one another because we love one another. We can tolerate and look past one another because I understand that I love you, and you are who you are, and I will love you for who you are. You understand that when you love somebody, hallelujah, you love them to be a better person, not who you want them to be. Y'all quiet on me. Because oftentimes what you want them to be is to be you. And you don't like yourself sometimes. But I want you to be like me. We love each other because we're individuals created in God's image. And so the church should be realized that we are different, but yet we are family. We are related not because of blood but because of a relationship and the relationship that we have in common is that we both are here to do the will of God. And the will of God is not about perfect attendance and a place of assembling, but the will of God involves me do coming together, but serving one another when we get together. The will of God reminds me that I should call you outside of this gathering and realize I need to check on you and and be there for you. The will of God reminds me that when you call me and you are in need, I won't pass the phone off to somebody else. Y'all quiet on me. It's getting hard, huh? Now I got to apply this stuff. Oh, yeah, you're talking about I really got to be there for somebody. I can't just say I love you in the church place, but when we get out of here, I'm not going to talk about you. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to be there for you. But when we show up in church, I give you a big old hug. Oh, I love you. Oh, you've been so good. Who are my mother and my brothers? Anyone. Y'all see the qualification there? Anyone. Who does the will of God? Anyone means you. You qualify to be in anyone. It didn't say somebody at this, height, at this height and at this weight, somebody that lives in this location, somebody that has this much money. It says anyone that does the will of God. And you understand that you are made to do God's will. That means you already have the capability and the, and the ability inside of you to do the will of God because you are created for his will. Oh, glory be to God. And so when you know that why you've been created to do his will, then you should worship him. You should bless his holy name. You should serve and be glad to be serving, knowing that you're doing the will of God. And when you're doing the will of God, you got a blessing. There's a blessing. There's a promise. 
to those who do the will of God. Do you understand there's a promise? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. You understand there's a blessing in doing the will of God. He said that blessed are you who lose your life for my name's sake. And great is your reward in heaven than here on earth. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. We must die, crucify our flesh daily. We must lose something in order to gain something. There's a cost in being a disciple. You understand that in my family, there's some, sometimes there's some cost. I, I, I remember when my mom and my dad would go out, I would stay at home and watch my little brother. And, 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 and I never knew how much it meant to my little brother until he had to do an assignment in school. The assignment was dealing with the story he read about the washerwoman. And he has to use a person and family to write about him. He wrote about me. He brought the paper home and blessed his heart. He got an A on the paper. I don't know how he got an A talking about me, but he got an A. And I read the paper and I broke down in tears because he highlighted some things. And he says that when I read the book about the washerwoman who did work and for little work and, and just did it because she loved and didn't care about the pay, I think about my brother. But every time my mom and dad went out, he would watch me and he didn't ask for any money. He would take me out with him and he would play with me. And it was the best times when we went out together. And he would take me out every Friday to showbiz so I could play and have a good time. And it was playtime with my brother. And he did all this and never once he ever asked his mommy or his daddy for anything. He was just happy to spend time with me. I was touched by that, that this little kid could recognize that I just love spending time with him. And I understood because we are family, you don't need to pay me to look out for family. It's already understood. We families. I got your back. I'm going to look out for you. You want to have fun? And if it costs me to spend a Friday night with you, there's no other place I'd rather be than be with you. If I got to take you to the store with me, then we're going to go to the store together because I'd rather be with my little brother than be with somebody else. And, and we would go out. My little brother loved music. He was, he was singing out loud, and, and I had no reason to be embarrassed because I said, him, I said, be yourself, boy. Go ahead. Go ahead and sing. Go ahead. Go ahead. We waiting in line at Best Buy one time, and a, and a popular song by NC, Backstreet Boy, I don't know, came on, and he opened up his arm and started singing. And I said, go ahead, boy. Go ahead. That's your song. Go ahead. I wanted him to be here whenever we went out. And think about this, how God loves you. That he'd rather spend time with you. And he wants you to be you when you are with him. He won't hold you back and say, don't do it like that. You want to worship me by throwing your arms out? Go ahead. You want to get down on the ground and get dirty and bow your head before me? Go ahead. You want to cry out and let everybody know who you're crying out to? Go ahead. I don't care because you're my child and I love you and I care for you. Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to testify that I got a family in the body of Christ and I can be myself. I can cry out when I want to cry out. I can be angry when I want to be angry. I can be sad when I want to be sad because I got a family that will cry with me. They will rejoice with me. And guess what? When I'm angry, they will console me. They'll put up with me. They will forgive me because they love me. Like Christ loves the church. So be family. Look out one for another. Care one 
for another. Knowing this is what Christ has called you to do, to put up with one another, to love one another. If Christ can put up with your mess, you can put up with somebody else's. Let us pray.